0: Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 6. Disciples came to Jesus, and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And so Jesus taught them to pray. So we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer, but the disciples' prayer. Where's James? Where's James? 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 <laughs> We just had a discussion about that before. Is it the disciples' prayer or the Lord's prayer? Okay, the disciples' prayer or the prayer for the disciples. <laughs> Thank you, James. <laughs> All right, let's look at this. Beginning in verse, uh, beginning in verse uh, 9, Jesus said, Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, or who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is a prayer that, at least the first part of it, unfolds something about God that is unique and very new to the Jews. This had to be a moment for these disciples that maybe they were even taken back by it a little bit, because here's Jesus telling them to call Yahweh Father. Now, that's pretty rare. I mean, we're very familiar with that term. But for them, that was rare. Old Testament, only a few times do we have God referred to as Father, So in their teaching and in their growing up, that was not the norm for them as it is for us. And so now they come to this and they said, teach us to pray. And Jesus starts by saying, our Father. And all I want to talk about today is this first line. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. And that's like an onion. And we want to peel back this onion because it's a revelation that Jesus is giving to them about who God is. First of all, when he says our Father, he's talking about a very intimate relationship here. You you think about God Almighty, and you think about Yahweh, and you think about Adonai, Lord, and all of that. You think of distance. Distance. Now Jesus is talking about God, the same God, and he's saying you can call him Father because he wants an intimate, close relationship with you. He is not distant. He is not separated. He is not far away. There was a German philosopher by the name of Goethe, Goethe, I don't know if I pronounced that right, and this is what he said. He said, we are all orphans. We would like to have a father, but everything in this world seems to indicate that we do not have one. This is what he said. He said, I shall be honest and not act as if I had a father. Accordingly, I shall let prayer alone and rather talk to myself like a child in the dark, a child who fears the dark but will not admit it. That's not our God. We do have a Father. And Jesus said, our Father. He pictures to the disciples that they are speaking to Yahweh, their Father, intimately related and close to them. Jesus modeled this for them. You know how Jesus would often pray. He'd go away and pray. Sometimes he would just spontaneously pray. And he would address God the Father. So he had this intimate relationship with the Father. And he's modeling that for them. And now he says to them, you can call them Father. This was really unknown or little known to the Jewish people. So between Jesus calling them God Father and the disciples later calling God Father, there is over 200, maybe 300 times in the New Testament where God is addressed now as Father. And you will never find that in the Old Testament. And that's the way God wanted it to be. He wanted that, that name, you know, that title, Our Father, He wanted it revealed in the New Testament in a relationship with his son, so God is not distant, He's close, He's intimate, He's the object of our prayer. He is the one to whom we go to, in prayer. We go to a one who's not distant, he's loving, he's caring, he's personal, personable. He's involved in our lives, and the words "Our Father" belong on our lips in the hearts of every believer, our Father. But here's the the deal, here's the catch. God is creator of all, but he is Father only to those who have been born again in Christ Jesus. He created everyone, But not everyone has been born into his family through the blood of Jesus. It's in the relationship with Jesus Christ that we are able to go to God and call him Father. We are invited to call him Father. We're invited to come to him face to face at the throne of grace, seeking help in time of need, and to cry out to him, and the first words come out of our mouth, Our Father. He welcomes the conversation. He welcomes the relationship. He understands more than any earthly father could ever understand about us. The Bible teaches us for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Paul writes in Romans 8. I have a hard time with this, and here's why. Abba means daddy. Daddy. I have a hard time coming into the presence of God and saying, Daddy. (laughs) I struggle with that, and I very rarely say that. Probably only in the most desperate times do I ever say that. But we're invited. We're invited to call him Father. How could we ever call God our Father? How could the, the the infinite, almighty, all-powerful living God who is outside of everything and before everything has invited us through his son to say, you can call me father. You can call me father. There was a relief worker <clears throat> going through a orphanage in an an eastern nation and the relief worker heard a whimpering from a child and he went to the child and and he said to the child are you sick and she said no he said "Uh, do you have enough to eat and she said yes and he said well then what's wrong he said she said I want somebody to love me. The cry of our heart is for God to love us. We were created for that. He created us in his image. He created us to to desire him. He created us to love him. And he created us in a way that we can receive his love for us. Because he said we can call him Father. So God is intimately involved in the lives of his people, his believers. He nourishes us, he protects us, he provides for us, he is our sustainer, and he does it all with a father's heart. But that's not all that's revealed here. Let's peel back another piece of this onion. It says here our father who is in heaven. So first you have the intimate close connection with God as father. And now he's talking about God who is in heaven, the infinite. He is so distant yet from us. We walk we when we talk to God we are not talking to the man upstairs. I can't tell you how many times I've ever heard that in my lifetime. That is absolutely disgusting. But you hear it the man upstairs. Our Father's in heaven, and heaven describes the unspeakable distance or difference, I should say, between our world of sin and strife. In inequality and pain and suffering and death. And then there's God's realm called heaven. There's peace and truth and grace and love and eternity and holiness. So Jesus said we come to God our Father in this intimate relationship, but realize at the same time there is a different understanding Of where God is and who God is in that place called heaven. Which art in heaven or who is in heaven emphasizes the great separateness of God. He is holy. He is unblemished by the stains of sin. He is unblemished by the evil that is so common in our world. He is above and apart from impurity. He stands apart from sin. He moves in, in, but yet he moves in close to us, the sinner. And he invites us to call on his name. And he reveals to us that we can call him in Christ, our Father. This distant, eternal God, all-powerful, has come and invited you and I to his place. You and I who do not deserve one ounce of his grace. There is only one thing that we deserve and that is his wrath. And yet, in his love and mercy, he's come in Christ and he's poured out himself in the flesh to us. He finished the work Jesus did that the Father gave him to do perfectly and we can call him Father. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. He stands apart but yet moves close and right now he beckons As recorded in Jeremiah 33, God says, Call to me, and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. (laughs) That's amazing. That God's going to tell me something? Who am I? That he would actually convey to me his truth. Well, I'm a child of his. Purely by his grace. From God's vantage point, he reaches down or he comes to us. And he lifts us up to an uncommon level of life. He raises us to be where he is. As Paul describes it in Ephesians 2, 6 like this. He has seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. No more groveling in the dirt of the guilt of sin. Now in Christ we have been raised with Christ in the heavenly places. And Jesus called him Father. And because Jesus called him Father and we're connected to Jesus in his salvation... We, too, can call him Father. He reaches us with his infinite mercy, his continuous compassion. He stands ready when we are wounded by life. He stands ready to bring healing and wholeness when we fail and flop. You know, if God were small enough For our minds to grasp. If I could understand God completely, He would not be big enough to meet my needs. If He were that small, then He couldn't meet my needs. But He's not that small. He is infinitely grander. Grand, infinitely, what do I want? Grandeur. Anyway more than I am help me out Mike (laughs) hey thank you (laughs) that's my wordsmith Paul says in Ephesians 1 7 he, he calls it the riches of God's grace the riches of his grace we have available to us infinite resources from an infinite God. God has no limit. He is forever and ever and ever. The resources of God are limitless. Our resources have boundaries and limits, and his do not. And he invites us to come and receive the infinite resources and riches of his great grace and call him Father. Be encouraged by these words from Isaiah 41. God says, For I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord, your Redeemer. Jesus says our father who is in heaven hallowed be your name look at the just the who is now I know in this in the ESV they didn't put the who here but the who can go here our father who is just take the who is what's that description of that's like the i am several weeks ago I gave out to our life group, John Piper put out a, a list of um, what it's lo- what it what it is for God just to be. <laughs> what is it what is what is it like for God just to just to be? I'm not just to be. I've been created. God is just is. So Jesus says, our Father who is, He He just is. It says, in the beginning, God. Psalm 23 says, the Lord is. Our intimacy is with God who always has been and who always will be. Our heavenly Father never tires of hearing from his children. Our heavenly Father never walks around with his hands behind his back wondering, what do I do now? Our Heavenly Father is immensely bigger than that, and He is infinite and always has been, and He also will never desert us. And He invites us to call Him Father. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, who is and was and who is to come, the Almighty. That's the one we call Father. What more can we ask? Nothing. What else or who else can we, ask, can we say always was and is and always will be? Now you and I, we always will be. But we haven't always been. And God has always been. He has no beginning and he has no end. We had beginning and we move in Christ with no end eternally. So, how much smaller are we than God, and yet he says, Call me Father. Our Father who is in heaven, that prayer is wasted unless Christ is our life. H.G. Wells said, until a man has found God, he begins at no beginning, and he works to no end. (laughs) I like that. He begins at no beginning, and he works to no end, because God alone is life. God alone is life. I hope you teenagers get that. I hope that grabs your heart like nothing. God alone is life. Everything else is transient, going away. The words, hallowed be thy name, paint a strong picture of adoration for the God, the Father. It's not like the young boy who prayed, our Father, which art in New Haven, Howard is thy name. <laughs> it's not like that. It's more like three little girls, when they were singing this prayer, they sang, instead of using the word hallowed, they said, how loaded is thy name. They got the word wrong, but they got the meaning Right? How loaded <laughs> is your name, God? It's beyond description, beyond description, and yet he says, "You can call me Father. <laughs> One of the army units I was in, <laughs> the uh commander was introducing some of us. I was new and 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 um he said, you know, what's your name? And people told him his name, and I told him my name. And, and then to the group, he said, and you can call me sir. <laughs> I said, yes, sir. <laughs> and you can call me sir. God says, and you can call me father. Infinitely greater than my commander or me. And God says, come. You're thirsty? Come. Call me father. Call me father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The one who is free of impurity, the one who is free of incompleteness, the one who is free of all selfishness, that is the one we call holy and the one we say our Father. The old Jewish prayer declared, May his great name be magnified and hallowed in the world. Those of you in school, you have one job. Besides your education, that's important. But here's your job as a Christian. Your job is to make the name of God holy with those around you. That's your job. Your job is to make the name of God renowned and famous. Movie stars aren't famous. God is famous. And your job is to make him famous, to show his fame in the school with the kids around you. And it is for all of us, where we work, where we live, whatever. Hallowed be thy name. The beginning of the Lord's Prayer is to help us wash our hearts and our minds and our mouths as we enter into his sanctuary and say, Our Father. But not only is he infinite and intimate, hallowed be thy name reveals that he is a revealer of who he is. In his name, God reveals himself. He says, I am who I am to Moses. That's just who I am. Moses wants to know who he is. God says, I am. (laughs) There's nobody here that can say I am. He is... He is, and that's his name. That reveals his character. It reveals his trustworthiness, his power, his faithfulness. Hallowed be thy name. Let your name, God, be revealed in us and through us to the world around us. <clears throat> World War II in, in the town of Cologne, which, which is Helga's hometown, was bombed to shreds by us, hidden in a bunker. There were some people that were hidden, and they wrote this on the wall. They wrote it in German, and this is the English. They said this, I believe in the sun even when it is not shining. There was no sun for those people in the bunker. I believe in God even when he is silent. And I believe in love even when I feel it not. God is silent at times. There are some times he is never separate from us. He will never leave us or forsake us, those in Christ. But sometimes he does not speak to us. Not because he's mad at us, because that's his plan. Some of the greatest work that God ever does is in his silence to us. And that's happening. He's doing a million trillion things across this planet right now. We have no idea about, not a clue, and we won't even know probably. And it's silent to us. Sometimes we have a close, intimate relationship with God. And there are days when we just don't hear from Him. We read the Word. It just just doesn't have any impact. And sometimes it's because God wants to be silent. We are dependent upon God. Our dependence honors God. It reveres God. It it brings worship to God. But he still wants us to come and call out our Father. In the middle of the night, help the boy. (laughs) Help me, God. Our Father, help me. Father, 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 I need help. God wants to hear those words because we do need help and we do need Him and He is our Father. The psalmist sang, those who know your name will trust in you for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. When He's silent, you're not forsaken. That's the promise. How about these words from Joshua 1? God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Or from Deuteronomy 33, the eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. So sometimes God reveals himself in his name. He's a revealer of that. We see that all through the Old Testament. He is healer. He is provider. He is Lord. He is Yahweh. He is creator. And on and on his names go that reveal the character of God. And sometimes he reveals that he is silent. Another thing that happens here is Jesus says, "Hallowed be your name. Holy be your name. Name. That the God, our Father, is relevant to our lives. And we need to become aware of that. We need to submit to the authority of God, His purposes for our lives, His will for our lives, and His, his will and His purpose alone. God's name must become relevant to the way we live and to the attitudes of our life his name is to be precious and honorable such that the way we live reveres him if God is holy then we never honor God's name by unholy thoughts or unholy behavior Paul says to Timothy everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. Everyone who confesses the name. So a submissive spirit, a surrendered heart, God's name is relevant. And when we surrender our hearts and our lives to him, Peter says, in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. His name Lord becomes relevant to us because now he's in charge of my life. And it's the only way to live. Obedience and holy and honoring his name. And then Jesus says, hallowed be thy name. His name is to be revered. In the name of God as Father, we have one who is to be revered and honored, honored with our mouth, honored with our thoughts, honored with our lives, our families, honored with our jobs, honored with our perspective in living, honored with the way we see the world, hallowed be thy name, let your name be revered in us and around the world, O God. We submit to the glorified God. We glor, glorified God, glorified Christ. We submit to Him, as revering His holy and precious name. God's name is holy. God's name is worthy. God's name is sterling. God's name is precious. I want us to listen to a few verses in the Scriptures where it uses the phrase, the name of the Lord. Now, this occurs all over the place. But listen to this. This is from Genesis. Abraham built an altar to the Lord, and he called upon the name of the Lord. God wants us to call upon his name. And what name is revealed here? Jesus said his name is Father. That's one of his names. You can call him Father. And then in Deuteronomy 5 it says you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain When I was younger and home in my family's house with my dad, and mom and my brother and if I would sin that was degrading The name of Needham, pure and simple. And God's name is to be hallowed and revered, holy and called upon. How about this from 2 Samuel 6? He blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts, blessing people in the name of the Lord. How many songs did we sing here today that talked about the name, the name of the Lord? How significant that name is. We sing that, we do that, we sing that all the time, but don't let that just fly over you. Bonhoeff. Don't let that, don't let that do that. Let it, let it grip your heart, his name and what that means. And then in. In uh, Psalm 27, it says, Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. It's protection. It's authority. It's power. I mean, what do you have in the weapons of war? You have power. You have authority. You can have control. And the psalmist says here, that's not what I'm trusting in. We're not going to trust in that. We're going to trust in the name of the Lord. When David met Goliath with a <laughs> measly slingshot and a rock, he was trusting in the name of the Lord. He was trusting in the covenant of God. He was trusting in the trustworthiness and authority of the living God. Psalm 102 says, Nations will fear the name of the Lord, and all the kings of the earth will fear Your glory. His name is to be revered and it is to be feared. And yet we can call him Father. (laughs) Psalm 116 says, I offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. Lord God, our Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. That's a sacrifice. Sacrifice of thanksgiving, the Bible calls it. How about Psalm 1810? The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous man runs into it and is safe. God is security, and he is strength in our lives. And we need his strength to live a holy life every single second of our lives. Let me give you another one. Micah 5 4. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. I said earlier in the first the first service, how how do Doke and Mark shepherd us, the flock. The only way they can do that successfully is in the strength and the name of the Lord. There's no other way to do that. And then Matthew, in the New Testament, Jesus enters Jerusalem, and they cry out, Hosanna to the Son of God! Blessed is he who comes in the name of of the Lord, Hosanna, in the highest, First Corinthians 6:11, and I'll close with this. and such were some of you, but you were washed Get this: You were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord. The only way you can be called Christian, Christ follower is to know him and be justified and sanctified in his name. And then he says, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. It is the Holy Spirit that regenerates us. It is the Holy Spirit who makes us a new creation. And it's all done in the name of of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we come to our Father, holy, hallowed, revered, but yet intimate are you, God. You want me to call on you. So I'm calling on you, God, who is almighty. Who is almighty. You can do anything, God. How 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 are our prayers like that? God, nothing is impossible with you. So I'm asking the impossible for me. You are my father. I'm asking God. Ask ask and ask. Jesus said ask, 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 ask. Call on him our father. Let's pray.